0: What's up, guys? Welcome to the Clinical Mastermind Podcast. I am your host, Dan Pringle. And today we go over a case study involving piriformis syndrome. Hey, guys. It's Dan. Welcome to the second episode of the Clinical Mastermind Podcast. Today, I've got a conversation with one of the therapists that I've been mentoring. This is a case study where we're going over a patient of his who's suffering from some sort of piriformis type syndrome and uh, and I help him dissect the case, talk about the areas that he may have missed and help him collect information to be able to make the most out of it. A lot of people ask me a little bit about this mentorship program and what the format is. Uh, it's usually online-based with some in-person sessions, and this is a great example of one of those online conversations. And what you'll hear pretty quickly is how I'm able to get a lot of really valuable information across to him in a way that he's able to take it, run with it, figure out where he needs to improve, and just how he can extrapolate those concepts to many other patients he's going to encounter. For more information, as always, you can check me out at clinicalmastermind.com. You can email me at dan at clinicalmastermind.com. You can also find me on Instagram at dpringle.physio or on YouTube slash dpringl. And of course, please subscribe to this podcast. Please share it with as many people as you know. Give me a follow, add some comments and some ratings as well. I would love to uh, get this to as many people as possible. And last of all, please enjoy the podcast. And without further ado, episode two.
1: So, I've been seeing, seeing this guy for about a month and a half. Yeah, a month and a half. Um, so, he presented to the clinic with uh, sciatic type pain, glute pain. Describe, um,
0: describe his pain.
1: So, essentially, he would get, he felt like a tightness in his glute um and then when he would basically his aggravating symptoms were he would get uh, a bit of numbness and tingling with prolonged sitting where or if he sat on that ish tube right in the glute
0: just and in the glute, local the glute oh it go down the leg no
1: no no, down the leg um uh, essentially like back into of the hamstring. leg
0: back of the leg yeah. into the hamstring okay not yeah. not past the
1: knee exactly um okay. so but right there was some
0: there, numbness there
1: there w- it was tingling sorry not okay numbness. Um, and then he would describe it as kind of aching pain that um persisted but most of his days consistent with sitting um he sits for work he drives you know an hour for work um and he just has been noticing it and this is like a a couple year history off and on mm-hmm. um and so he was like you know what if if there's anything that we could do um, to, to, to help. And I, so I asked him, I said, you know, is there any back pain? Uh, you know, do you, do you constantly, do you notice that you get back pain when you get the symptoms? Like, um, any, anything like that? And so no back pain at all.
0: No history of back pain.
1: No, no history of back pain. Okay. Just right in the glute and a sentence, like he can bring it on for me when like, he's like, I can't bring it on. The only thing I can bring it on is when I do a deep lunge
0: deep lunge with the front, it's the back leg or the front leg?
1: With the front leg. Okay. Um, And so I was like, okay, well, you know, like tell me a little bit more about like your, your typical day. Like tell me a little bit about like what's going on. And so he says a lot of his day, like I said, is sitting. Um, mm-hmm. He says if he sits on that side, he can reproduce it pretty quickly within seconds
0: seconds so have you seen him do that
1: yeah yeah and then when when he when he comes off of it he's fine um so you know i've been i've been working with him in terms of you know getting better but he just says it's always tight um you know my, my objective testing um consisted of you know a lot of muscle testing which kind of gave the it didn't really give me uh, as much as i was hoping okay um uh, does that mean he's strong so yeah yeah like he's he's a fairly active guy what does he do uh, works out he's uh uh he sits at a desk he's uh no sorry i
0: mean um like exercise
1: oh um so he works legs twice a week when he works his legs he does squats deadlifts lunges um hamstring curls okay so So good movements yeah like like good good proper movements and and i've assessed his squat and his lunge and everything and and it was good Um, okay like nothing nothing in terms of stuff that popped out of me like compensations like he's not like you know moving to one side or anything like that um and but he doesn't really get it when he works out he only gets it when he sits he sits so yeah sits or sits for long periods of time or sits on it right so i was you know i i've been describing to him you know kind of what piriformis syndrome is and 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 that kind of because that's kind of where where my testing took me mm-hmm. um so you know i i ruled out any sort of issue type of stuff like sign of the buttocks all that kind of stuff
0: i don't uh, even know what so the sign of the sure buttocks is
1: it, essentially it's um, it's to rule out higher pathologies so essentially you try a straight leg raise yeah and if uh, the straight leg raise is positive you bend the knee and they should be able to go uh, a little bit past 90 without um, symptoms in the actual glute
0: oh okay so it's like a hip pathology so, kind of thing
1: yeah so it rules out um, ischial ischial
0: like uh, bursitis um, ischial bursitis sorry I, 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 okay
1: Sorry, uh it's ishi- sorry, when yeah, is it yeah, ischial bursitis, which I don't even know if it <laughs> can. Okay. But it's it's higher pathologies like cancer or sarcomas, stuff like that. Gotcha. Um, but ischial bursitis is in there, which to me doesn't oh uh, when I see bursitis, I don't care.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. I'm trying to look is that like at the, at the ischial tuberosity or
1: yeah, it's know. on the okay. issue. Yeah.
0: Okay. Right. On the I don't know how that would rule uh, out, but okay. I, <laughs> I'm not, not charging you, I'm charging the, the, the stupid test.
1: <laughs> no, no, I, I hear you, I hear you. So anyways, um, I'm like, okay, well, you know, like we've got to we've got to address this, you know, uh, as a whole. So to be honest with you, my tr- my treatment, I've, I've tried pretty much everything that I can think of. So I'm kind of stuck because he's still feeling the tightness when he, when he does it. I've, I've challenged him to break his, um, his stuff throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've challenged him and saying, you know what, let's try. I, I, like, you know, I talked about his car situation and he says, you know, it's been, it, it's about, uh, 20 minutes before it comes on. And I said, okay, well, what kind of car do you drive? Does it have lumbar support? Or what are we looking at here? Like, is it something that keeps you way up? Is it something that sits you way in? um, and he said he has adjustable lumbar support. So I told him, you know, constantly change that throughout your drive if you can. Uh, because, you know, he says in the morning he sits in traffic for about 45 minutes. Yeah. Uh, so thing, same thing in the afternoon. Um, so I said, you know, if you're sitting in traffic, you know, I, I, I showed him how to properly pelvic tilt. I showed him uh, just, just to break that to kind of get through the full lumbar flexion extension. Not, not a matter of like training core. Mm-hmm. But just to break that cycle, right, and then and then yeah. kind of showing him how to okay, adjust this. I tried towel, um, same thing at work. He he got a sit sit to stand desk, so he's been kind of back and forth with that. That helps. He true. says, me, yeah, and he says like the actual endurance part of it is getting better. So the symptoms aren't coming on for forty minutes now. Okay, uh, when he drives, but he still feels that tightness. He feels that. Um, he can't do his full workout or he can't do any of that stuff without getting the tightness or the pain.
0: And that's the, mainly the glute stuff. The side, the, the hamstring is really when he gets compression, right?
1: Correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, so it's deep. He says it's deep in the glute feels more central kind of, uh, sorry, only on the right side. Yeah, okay. I should have said that. Um, yeah. 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 I, was,
0: I didn't know which side, but I knew it was one sided. Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, one side, right side, he's right leg dominant as well. Um, okay so naturally just putting a little bit more weight through that side um as for um, treatment wise i have been doing a lot of soft tissue through piriformis glute tfl uh, glute med, hamstrings um, and then up through his back yep um i've used um accustim uh, you know, your typical BL 53, 54 prime, yep. um, your GB 29 I've used, I've used blue trigger point. I've gone inline technique through the uh, both sides, of the hamstring. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't gone to the back yet um, with the needling, um, but I have, I have released um, with my hands post treatment. So I, I don't know if, if going there is, is the next step, I just, I, I'm kind of stuck because he's at a point now where he's like, okay, well, it's been a month and a half and I still feel the tightness and I'm not sure what to do. And so I'm kind of, that, that's one of my ones that I'm kind of stuck with that I, that I don't know where to go. Perfect. Right.
0: All right. Well, you know, you gave me a good case. I lots of information. Um, the first thing I'll say is, it's great that you've collected this much info on him I know I was always that way, especially in cases that weren't getting better, but I actually did that with everybody in general. Like I was someone who early in my career, I took tons of notes, Um, like excessive to the point. Like it wasn't like some people were really uh, focused on like. You know the college's guidelines and making sure everything was there and making sure it was very yeah. th- thorough for me it was less about being really really thorough for the college more being really thorough so i could look back on exactly what i did and when i did it and how they responded to everything i did so if they yeah, came back so and they were better they came back and they were worse i would know right away yeah um so that's that's i think a really important step especially the stage for you is especially you know with ACU is when you're starting to struggle with cases like this, go back and see, what haven't I done yet? And you brought it up right away, like you haven't looked at the back, and, or you haven't really started treating the back. And that we know is a major area, it's a major part of a neurofunctional treatment, or, or you know, any treatment that I do, I'm always looking, assessing, and trying to understand what's going on at the back. Um, so I'm going to come back more to the treatment, but let's kind of talk through the case a little bit more and kind of highlight some yeah. important things. Yeah. Um, so when this guy comes in or in any case for this matter, um, the goal really should be to figure out like why this happened, like what yeah. happened, how did you end up developing this and what stands out from you versus everyone else who does very, some similar stuff, but doesn't experience symptoms. So lots of people drive to work they sit on their ass all day but yeah, they don't experience yeah. you know they, they don't experience the kind of glute tightness and numbing pain or tingling pain that this guy experiences right so mm-hmm. what stands out about him so what's interesting is i'm going to challenge you right away because you've told me a lot about like the what like you've told me his symptoms how long it's been there um you've told me about you know what brings it on what you, how you can reproduce it you've told me what you've done for it you know what you've ruled out but like as best as you can, like why do you think this guy experiences symptoms in the first place?
1: Um I I honestly I think it's due to I I just think it's a system tolerance thing. Like he's unable to uh, maintain specific positions for a prolonged period of time because Yes. Uh, uh, because why? sure. What? I'm not sure be, because um I'm not sure. Actually, like I, 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 I'm, I
0: don't know. But could it be Good. muscular endurance? He's sitting, right? So what there's not many muscles working, right? So that doesn't make a lot oh, of sense. Yeah. If it was in the yeah. gym, that makes sense. So yeah, keep coming yeah. out ideas like that right now. I want you to just kind of like go through in your head possibilities. We'll, we'll either say it's the great or not great and yeah. then we'll talk with the other ones, but I want you to think about it right now. So, okay. So yeah. maybe not, not muscular endurance. What else?
1: Um, Uh, Maybe why would that nerve get sensitized? uh, Well, if it's getting pinched or entrapped at the piriformis,
0: okay, but he's not really Uh, in an extreme position. What's his hip flexion range of motion like?
1: It's normal,
0: 100 over 120 degrees flexion, no
1: problem. Okay, so he feels tightness when he gets there, but okay, like not like okay. in supine you're saying like not yeah yeah there's so no, in, no real difference
0: so him sitting at 90 degrees isn't really that much tension on his on right. his sciatic nerve or or anything right. in that region right so it's probably not that either
1: mm-hmm. um maybe like uh
0: So my, my point here is every single time, every patient, I don't care whether they're getting better or they're not. I don't care whether you're, you never show up again and you, you don't really know. Your primary goal in every assessment and every patient interaction is to get closer and closer to understanding why this happened. Like why it happened to this guy and not to the dozen other cars that are right beside him. the entire commute. Like what stands right. out about this guy's history about how this came to be? And your pathology, like the actual symptoms, is going to start to give you some ideas about, about that. Um, mm-hmm. But then beyond that, you also have to take into consideration, um, you know, activity levels in the past, old injuries in the past, um, you know, metabolic, systemic stuff, what's going on with mm-hmm. his, um, his general health as well with desensitization. Like, there's so many different factors you have to go in you have to mm-hmm. get through but your goal shouldn't just be to describe the symptoms it should be to understand Correct. the symptoms um, and yeah. this is super super common like across the board that we aren't really taught to understand the why it's more like well this is in front of us so this is what I have to deal with but as soon as you understand why like it could have been it oiled, like, again, not, not, not quite as simple, but imagine he had like an old car accident with a lumbar injury and then his back's been fine for the last 30 years. I don't know. By the way, he never told me how old he is. I'm guessing he's like mid-50s.
1: No, he's, uh, he's in his 40s actually.
0: Okay.
1: Mid, mid to late 40s.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um, anyways, um, maybe whatever, 20 years ago, he was in a car accident. He's never had back pain since. Um, but there was a lot of vulnerability that's led to sensitization Mm -hmm. over time. You know, he was Mm -hmm. a big soccer player and had some previous hamstring strains that led to sensitization in the area. Like, that would say, okay, well, that's what separates him from that woman who's sitting in the car next to him. So uh, every single time from now on, I really want you to focus on this, is figure out – do your best to figure out why and come up with real plausible reasons and play this game that we just played, which is like – did um like could it have been muscular endurance? while well, he's sitting. Okay, so it's probably not that. All right, is it tension? Well, it's not really under tension. Like if he stretches, he doesn't feel it, but he feels it more if he puts a bit of pressure on it. Yeah. So yeah. Um. By that token, you know, clearly the aggravating symptom here is is primary com- primarily compression. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. So if so, all we know is that compression, a mechanical force of compression is going to bring on symptoms. What we need to figure out is why. But anytime we have nerve stuff, we know that there's a central component. We know that there's a spinal component, right? Um, but right. let's try to go through from anything else you know in your history. Like what plausible reason is there that has led to sensitization or excess stress day to day along his mm-hmm. Posterior chain on his right side. Any old ankle sprains? Any old Achilles injury? Any seriously? No back symptoms or traumas of any kind. What sports has he done? Like we had to figure this out.
1: He's he's basically he's a gym goer. Um, he did didn't play a whole lot of sports. Okay, uh, like he I he played soccer back way back. Uh, I asked him about any any type of you know any history of anything else and, and he said no I mean I could probably revisit and double check Yep. Um, and be more specific about it Yep. Um, but when I asked about any old injuries such as you know have you sprained your ankle have you had any back injuries and he said no to the back injuries okay. um, so because I said to him I said any you know any type of your back currently or have you experienced back pain in the past and he's like, not really. You know, you get those kind of one or two days where you get a little bit of stiffness, but you know, not uh, and not during the symptoms. Like this is like kind of thing. Yep. He hasn't, he hasn't experienced back pain during the this kind of um, attack, I guess, uh, or compression. Um, yeah, I, I just The
0: yeah. reason we have to go back to his back is that there's. 100% um, a component there. There's no way that a nerve can get hypersensitized like that unless there's been a series of segmental changes that have happened. Mm-hmm. So that I know is a guarantee. So that could go for basically any peripheral nerve dysfunction of which there's no trauma. We know there's a segmental component. right? If someone right. bashes my On their nerve or median nerve somehow. Okay, maybe there's a local component. It will trickle up and have a segmental role, but by definition, um, most of these nerve-related problems have a segmental component because remember, the nerves are like a long thread that run from the spinal cord all the way down to the tissue that they innervate. Mm -hmm. So what that means is anywhere along the nerve can be dysfunctional, biochemically, mechanically. Um, you know, in in a system kind of integration type of way at at uh, interneurons and at synapses. So there's so many different levels along the trajectory of the nerve that are going to create these kind of problems. So by definition, there's going to be a lumbar component. When you get to these cases and nothing in the history seems to make sense, it means you're missing something. Because okay. if we've got, so if the first question was okay, we didn't really you didn't really look into why. All right now that we're looking into why and there seems to be no suitable answer for a symptom that's weird it's not like it's like oh you know he has a little bit of achiness around his knee like something very generic because this is like a very um specific and relatively uncommon type of symptom for like the average person to get there must be another component here there's something we're missing um Mm -hmm. in this case you you know you have to kind of either dive deeper or you have to look back at the things you've assessed and see maybe I need to ref- you know, re- refine the way I'm palpating or redefine the way I'm, I'm assessing strength or mobility um, and compare more closely side to side. But if I don't have an answer of why, like why this has happened, I literally don't start treating. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't start until I know what's going on and why. Um, not that I think of something serious, but I need to understand the pieces because otherwise I'm shooting in the dark. Like if I do not know the layout of the room, I'm going in there with my eyes closed, just trying to hopefully get the light switch. I want to know where everything is so I don't bang my leg as I'm going there. Like I need to understand the whole layout, um, that I don't start treating until I know that in this case, I'm, I feel a lot of confidence that there's something going on with his back. So talk to me about the assessment you've done on his back.
1: Yeah, so um, I I did your general range of motion, Um, and and that was that was fine, fine, uh, like normal. He was able to touch his toes. I asked him if that was his normal range. He said yes. Um, he didn't experience. Uh, I mean, not that I remember, he experienced any tightness.
0: It looked pretty normal. Glute. Nothing in the glute.
1: Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I don't think so. I. I, I mean. I. Would definitely have to retest at this point.
0: Yeah, retest. That. Um,
1: yeah, um, and see kind of if he gets it. But I, um, his extension was normal. Side flexion rotation also normal. Um, I did repeated movements to see if the if the um, um, symptoms would change. They didn't. I tried side glides. They didn't change. Um, that's more Mackenzie stuff um so you know that was that was pretty much it for the back um okay just trying to see see if i did anything else um i oh yeah i well i manual muscle t- i guess it's not back but it's it, i guess it is um I manual muscle test is uh internal and external obliques on both sides yep um they were equal both sides
0: so this guy has full, basically full strength, full range of motion, yeah. good functional movement, and has this weird symptom on one side with compression that came out of nowhere with yeah. no history of any injuries in his whole lower body.
1: I would have to probe into the injuries again. Yeah. Um, I think I got to dive a little bit deeper. Maybe, um, maybe he thought I meant like recently. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm, I so know I gotta, that's, that's important. A lot of, clear. a lot, a lot of times you really have to like dive into that and like, like ask yeah. three, four different ways. I'm like, I'm the one being annoying, but seriously, you've never had a car accident. You've never had, you know, the soreness in your back. Is it one sided? was, how often does it happen? Like, you know, when right. did it start happened? Do you remember it starting when you were 10 or did it start last year? Like, like dive into right. that stuff a little more. Cause you might tease me out. The reason I'm, I'm like going into this is like if this guy, if someone comes into me with nerve related symptoms, no history of trauma, everything moves perfectly. To me, that's like I'm I'm bordering on like, like concerned about what's happening here. Like mm-hmm. before I touch them, before I actually go through. Mm-hmm. So the biggest thing for me is ask more about the injury history. Mm-hmm. Um, ask more and investigate more thoroughly the the lumbar mobility, the symptoms, like the quality of movement with lumbar flexion and extension. Is there hinging on a specific re- region of the back? Um, is there, you know, a lack of rounding through his lumbar and he just has really long arms or a really, you know, mm-hmm. uh, really flexible thoracic spine or something. Um, mm-hmm. cause that can give information. Mm-hmm. So the f- the first thing for me, my biggest guess through all of this is that you can like, from the assessments you're doing, you're, you could be getting a slightly more accurate information. My right. guess is that if I went and assessed him in front of you right now, we'd find weakness. We'd find some decreased range of motion that was notable from side to side. So I want you to go back to like square one with him, and like really like fine tune, like look for little details. Mm-hmm. Um, there are times that I do more of a global scan for somebody, especially if I'm short on time, which I, I don't really get into very often, right? Um, I think I've told you I do a two-hour assessment right now, and that's yeah. just I don't miss anything. Um, but um, you know, if I if I go through all that stuff and I'm trying to like paint the picture of this patient, and then something doesn't make sense. I go back and I'm like, why? Okay, no, I gotta check this a little bit more. Is there a little bit more, you know, is there, wow, the, wow, the internal rotation is really reduced on this side. Okay, what does that mean? Mm-hmm. Why might that be? Um, you know, you start to pick up little details. You gotta go back over and refine that and you'll pick up little things right. and, and really try to focus on, on, uh, on what that might be. Um, so back is one area, just in general, you know, kind of going back to square one with some of the questions and with some of the local stuff. Um, and then, um, then the subjective stuff, like just trying to tease out things, I get a sense that there is something in his history that he thinks isn't important for you. Right. Yeah. Um, because I mean, or if all this stuff still comes back, like literally this guy has got everything normal and there's nerve thing's happening, then we got to be a little bit more concerned, uh, about why that's actually happening, mm-hmm. basically. Um, because you know we're not just getting pain pain can be a lot of different causes when we're getting tingling or we're getting paresthesia we know there's some disfun- some specific dysfunction of the of the nerve rather than just like you know c fibers are sensitized and there's a trigger point right trigger points don't usually cause numbness like that unless right. it's affecting a nerve specifically um, so that's that's how i want you to kind of think about that problem as far as treatment goes um, mm-hmm you have no excuse for not treating the back.
1: Yeah. Yeah. First well, session. I'm I treating only, his back. I only didn't, I only didn't needle the back.
0: Yeah. That's what um, I mean. But,
1: okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. There's, yeah, you got You got to do it. Um, yeah. don't, don't forget about that. I'm sure like I've gone through phases. I went through phases early on out of the, out of the, 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 the Accu course, just in general, where I did only pointer plus or I only put in, you know, I only use the, the Ito boxes. Uh, I have phases where I did you know, mostly manual. or mo- like I've gone through different phases. Um, mm-hmm. So there's periods of time where you're just like, oh crap, I haven't done that in a while. But that's why when these cases, when people aren't getting better, I look back at what I've done, figure out what I haven't yeah. done, that's that's why I make those notes. So, and not only do I note trajectories and, and come up with conclusions, and it helps me with my problem solving for for other patients, but for them, if they're not getting better, I can look back and be like, okay, what did I do? Okay, glued stuff, glued stuff, glued stuff. No real change. Um, you know, I did a little bit of soft tissue on the back, and it was like, oh, it was better. To, you know, a little bit. Like whatever the sol- the solution is, like you have to go back over those notes, like you just done for me here, um, mm-hmm. and figure out what you haven't done. And it's, you brought it up. You're like, I haven't put needles in the back. We know it's a nerve dysfunction problem. Like we have to go there. right? Um, so, so especially when you've done all the local stuff and it's not working, it means there's something else going on.
1: So, so when you say, when you say um, you, if everything comes back and you have to be concerned, is that from more of a higher pathology standpoint or is that because you haven't looked at the back? Um,
0: so I'm not going to... Because the symptoms aren't severe, I wouldn't yeah. be extremely concerned about like something ma- a major pathology that's going down, even if I can't find the solution. But I'm going to have give it less of a, a leash with really good treatment, really good global treatment um, than I might someone else. right. If they if, they, if it, it makes sense, it's like oh you know you're 85 years old. They're oh you're you've been through blah 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 this kind of trauma. Then okay, I'm gonna give it a little bit more leeway with someone that I don't understand anything. Number one, I'm gonna do much more global approaches. I'm gonna do a lot of different things at the same. I'm gonna do back. I'm gonna do glutes. I'm gonna do something hamstring. I'm gonna do some systemic stuff. Just trying to mm-hmm. calm down everything right away. As soon as I it's like this is a weird case. Okay, I need to you know throw everything at it. Um, that's first. Um, maybe not on the first session, but pretty soon there. Um, and then the second thing is you start to say, okay, if I've done these global treatments, I've done a lot of local stuff at the same time and I'm not seeing improvement like, okay, you know, now's the time, like maybe we need to just make sure that there's nothing else going on. Mm -hmm. Um, like maybe there's the, you know, maybe it's a disc related thing. And as long as you educate the patient that, um, it's not something that is going to, um, you know, it, that, that it doesn't mean you need surgery. It's just we, we want to get as much information as we can uh, to understand the prognosis. That can be helpful. But again, it requires a lot of good patient education because we don't want to send them from imaging and stuff like that and then have them come back and, you know, be worried they need surgery and their disc going to be the same. They go and Google it and they find that all these terrible things can happen to them. So you really have to get out in front of that if that's a concern of yours and make sure that you laid the groundwork for, you know, the structure doesn't matter that much but I'm just going to make sure that there's nothing else going on here because everything looks really good, but this local problem is there. Lots of people sit, but not everyone experiences the symptoms you do. So we're trying to figure out what the difference was. Is there anything else you can think of that might contribute to that? Right. Yeah. Okay. So, I, I, again, in this case, it feels like either you're missing something, he's not telling you something, or as far as treatment is concerned, you just haven't done you've gotten to a major important area, especially in a month and a half, but it is also possible that, um, that it's just either going to take time or that there's something else that's contributing. Right. And I like, I like clarity. I like to try to do my best to give a, a, a plausible storyline, like tell the patient's story of, okay, uh, once upon a time, you know, you were, you know, 25 years old in the gym for the first time, working out like an idiot. You hurt your back even though it got better, you know, you've never quite had the same lumbar mobility afterwards. As a result, there's been, you know, even though that's those symptoms went away, your body's been slowly adapting. You sit for a long time. You don't do enough, you know, mobilization of your hips and hamstrings. So that's created tension when you're in the gym, when you're, you know, when you're actively walking, you're putting stress in your body. That led to, you know, three years ago when, you know, you, you started lifting your kid, like, you know what I mean? Whatever it is, yeah. you kind of yeah. need to understand that story uh, or, or get as close to it as possible to understand the trajectory of how symptoms arise. You can't just, yeah. y- if you're just treating what you see, you're going to end up missing a lot of the stuff that you don't see, that created the problem that you see, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that, that this is a really good example of how you can uh like, like why you need to kind of continually have the why in your mind especially mm-hmm. when they're not getting better after the first few yeah. sessions and you're seeing no improvement you've got to be like i gotta be either am i missing something is there something more i can do or maybe maybe it's just gonna take time but you need to understand it to know that it'll take time because you've got to right. give him confidence that right. he's gonna he's gonna see improvement you can't just rely on well, I hope he'll just keep coming because has benefits are close, or he's still. No, interested. yeah. And man. I know you're not. I know you're not. Yeah. Like, um, but that's that's how I kind of look at that problem.